In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first month of, uh, of Hatur, and so next month we will start uh, the month of Kiyak. And so actually this is where you'll notice, today we said, for you have risen and saved us. So remember we spoke about how after the resurrection, after the Holy 50 Days on Sundays, uh, every day during the Holy 50 Days we say, for you have risen and saved us. After that after the Feast of the Pentecost, then only on Sundays do we say, um, um, for you have risen and saved us. Until the, until the end of the month of Hatur, then we enter into the month of Kiyak, because they were celebrating the Nativity. So then we go back to all the days saying, for you have come and saved us, um, until, we get to Epiph- uh, until we get to the Feast, for you were born and saved us, and then for you were baptized and saved us, and then... Back to, for you have come and saved us until the Feast of the, resur- the Resurrection, for you have risen and saved us. Um, so today we hear the gospel, which is the parable of the sower, and we hear about the different types of ground that the Lord threw uh, seed on and how it, related to, and how it relates to us and how, in how we respond to the Word of God. Sometimes we find ourselves moving within these moving among these different types of ground throughout our life, maybe many living within one of these types of, of ground by, by our own free will. And we see how Jesus dispenses himself to all people. Maybe some consider it negligence in how he, and how he dis, uh, dispenses himself to all of humanity um, because he bestows it freely among all of his creation. And we see this even in the parable of the 11th hour when, um, when the master of the vineyard, he, he hired uh, laborers and some he brought from the early morning and worked all day and some that only worked one or two hours and yet he, um, and yet he gave them the same wage. And so, of course, they called him out, those who worked all day, they called out the master and said, you know, that's a bit unfair. And he says, I mean, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? And sometimes we do feel that way. We do feel, we do feel envious because of God's generosity, how we perceive God's generosity to all of his creation. And I thought, God, if you give so much so freely, why is it that when I hear your word, I treat it with such insignificance? Why would I hear it and allow Satan to take its goodness away from me? Why would I hear it and do something different five minutes later? So he gives it freely, and yet sometimes I find myself I don't respond to God's will, or it may be very difficult for me to do so. If I receive the word of God and understood that it is a valuable gift from God, then I would embrace it as do the, the good soil. And so we find that the good soil, what differentiates the good soil from everything else is that the good soil understands, which is the differentiating word. But, it, but the good soil understands um, what is being given, that it is a gift, and is grateful for this opportunity to, par- to participate with God's graces and with his words. We all have something in common. We all want to be happy. And all of the soils also have the same desire, to be happy. And this is what's common. 
They surely like the idea of being able to produce beautiful fruits and flowers. And we all desire to be good soil. Christian or not, it is intrinsic in all humanity that we desire to be loved, to be known, to have a life of joy, to have a life of happiness. And most people, many people might say that if you are happy, then you will be grateful. But really we see that God is teaching us the opposite, that those who are grateful are happy. Why? Because of the key difference among the grounds, which is to understand. And um, in, the gospel, in the gospel reading itself, it speaks, when it speaks about the wayside, it speaks about how those who are, in the, who are like the wayside don't understand what is being given to them. And then it says, um, at least maybe in, uh, in, a, in other, other translations, it specifically says that those who are in the good ground, the good soil, they understand and they keep it. So this is the, the differentiating factor. The one who, has, who, who relies on being happy first simply gauges its feelings based on the pleasure of the mind and the body. And the grounds that are happy uh, just when they have the word, and then, but then it goes because it, it fades, that happiness. The one who is grateful first, though, understands goodness and thus lives in happiness. So the two components of, this, of gratitude that the good soil has discovered is that they experience something that is valuable to them, and also they consider that whatever is given to them is a gift. It's not purchased, it's not traded, it's not, um, it's free, and it's, and it's given as a gift. So when we see every moment as a gift, and that it's not a right, then we constantly look to every moment as an opportunity to do something that is of value in the eyes of heaven. There was this Catholic man, his name is Roy Schumann, maybe you've come across his videos on YouTube, um, but he's a convert um, from maybe 20 years ago or something. From, from, he was Jewish, grew up Jewish, and now he is Catholic because he didn't know about the Orthodox Church at the time. Uh, but you can look him up and hear his whole story. He was a professor um, at Harvard, and he went through a very mystical conversion. And one time, the veil between the world and heaven was opened, and many things were revealed to him, allowing him to see life outside of himself and came to realize many things. And he sort of listed different things that he discovered or came to realize, and some of them were some regrets. And he says that, I regretted the time and energy that I wasted in worrying about not being loved when he realized that I was swimming in an ocean of love by God. And then number two is that he regrets the moments in which he did not value the things that, that, um, that was of value in the eyes of heaven. The third thing he mentioned was that he felt foolish spending life thinking, if only that had or hadn't happened in my life, then I'd be happy. Um, when he discovered that every single thing that has happened to him was designed perfectly by the hands of the most loving God. And then the last one is that he came to discover this knowledge that God not only knew him, but had been watching over him from the time of his conception. 
And he knew how he felt at every moment. That all the moments that he was happy, God was happy. And that all the moments that he was sad, that God experienced that sadness with him. And he revealed himself in a way that made him feel that he is the only person existing. And he said, I came to discover that, yes, I, I, I understood that there was other creation. But when, I, but when I was speaking with God, it was as if I was the only person alive. And his story is very touching, but it reminds us that at times we don't understand how God sees you and how God sees me. He sees every single one of you as if you are the only creation existing. And when I experience that gift, and to see it as a gift and not a right, then I become grateful. And we have difficulty with gratitude because with many things we feel like we have a right to them, you know. Children don't have rights. They don't, parents give everything freely. Parents provide food and housing and clothing and Disney tickets, which are very rip-off, and so forth. But it's all given freely, right? We, we do it with joy because we want, to, we want our children to participate with us in that. And we're willing to do all that. Um, and by the way, for the children, your parents would appreciate that too if you sought to give them freely and desire to spend time with them, especially if you're in high school. You don't want to spend time with anybody anyway, but maybe it's a good practice. But It's why we teach our children to say thank you. It can't possibly be because it's just a nice thing to do or because it's etiquette. But it's because when you do something special for your child, and they're not grateful for it, you sort of say, so did you want to say something? Considering that you didn't necessarily deserve this free gift, but I gave it to you. You might say it in your mind, or you might say it out loud, but do we not teach our children to say thank you, to be grateful? Why? Just to simply understand that we don't have rights. Yes, we have some rights in our society, but... but we don't have, most things are given to us freely and they are gifts. And if we recognize that they are gifts, we become more grateful. Probably actually if our society focused on gratitude more than rights, then probably we would all be living a life of joy and happiness. And so if everything, if everything in my mind was about rights, then there is no need for gratitude because it's mine anyway. I came across this, uh, this monastic who gave this advice on to practice gratitude, and he came up with a simple approach, which, which was to stop, look, and go. To stop because we rush, and we sometimes need quietness, but to sort of take, take different pauses throughout our lives, from our work, from our, even if it's that time service in the church, whatever it might be, to take a pause, and to reflect on the, that moment, the moment that I am in. Because, yeah, sure, we can't be grateful for everything. We can't be grateful for violence and things like that. But we can at least be grateful for the time that we have, where in each moment we have an opportunity. So to, take, to treat every moment with, with such care and to, and to look, to open all of our senses, to enjoy everything that is given, to open our hearts for all of the opportunities that we have and all of the moments that we have. 
and then to go, which is to open our hearts to take that opportunity, to take the opportunity to do that which is good and pleasing in the eyes of heaven, whether it means to spend more time with our kids, whether it means to rest for our own health, whether it's to serve others. There are all of these moments in which we have to stop, look, and go. When we are grateful, we will feel that what is happening in that moment is enough. We don't feel fear. When we are grateful, when, when we have gratitude, we don't feel fear. We don't feel a sense of scarcity. And we say this in the liturgy, every, every liturgy we say, deal with us according to your goodness, O you who give food to all flesh. Fill our hearts, do you want to finish it? Fill our hearts with joy and gladness that we too, having sufficiency in everything, always may abound in every good deed. And glory be to God forever. Amen.